as we consider how we continue to grow and making space for the things that matter most, let's not forget some of the things that are most important, our children. In Psalm 127, we read, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. In a day and age where people continue to talk about children often as a nuisance, something that keeps me from living out my personal dream or experiencing personal fulfillment and self-expression, we need to hear this word that God calls children a blessing. They are a heritage, a means by which not only do we get blessed, but we pass on the wisdom that God's poured into us to future generations. The, the psalmist calls them arrows. I just want you to imagine thinking of children as arrows being shot out into the world to bring good news wherever they go. Instead of living in fear of what will happen to our kids, let's begin to raise dangerous, blessed, arrow children who are shot out into the world to bring wisdom to the places where foolishness is reigning. How do we do that? Now, some of you might be thinking, what does this have to do with me? I don't have kids. I don't know if I'm going to learn anything here, but let me encourage you. You may have kids one day, and even if you don't, we're all called to be disciple-makers. And disciple-making is leading people to grow up into maturity in Christ. Really, disciple-making is just spiritual parenting. So we all need to look at Proverbs and consider, God, what do you have to say to us about how we train up children in the way of wisdom? Proverbs 22, 6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. The first thing I want us to hear as we read this and listen to it is that we're supposed to train our children to go. Now some of you are saying, like, you want me to kick my kids out of the house? No, what I'm saying is train them with the expectation that they're going to have to do the things you've been doing for them without you someday. That they're going to have to move on and bring whatever wisdom looks like in the household into the new place they're going to live. I remember the day when I knelt down at the side of my bed with my son to pray and I asked him if he wanted to pray. He said, Daddy, I don't want to pray. And I, I stopped and I, I said, Caleb, there's going to be a day when you're going to lead your own household in prayer, where you're going to get on your knees with your son or your daughter and train them in how to talk to God in prayer. And a, a, afterwards, he said, okay, Dad, well, I don't, I don't, can't imagine that, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I ever want to be a dad. I said, but if you are and when you are, you'll need to be prepared. And my job is to train you in how to train your children. I started to pray and he interrupted me. He said, Dad, I said, what, buddy? He said, can I pray? And that was the first time that I got to come alongside of my son, put my arm around him and begin to teach him in the way he should go, that one day he's going to leave my house and he's going to need to know how to pray. He's not going to just have to learn how to pray, but he's going to have to learn how to read the Word. He's going to have to learn how to let God speak to his heart. He's going to learn to have friends that will be able to draw out the deep waters of his heart. He's going to have to learn how to manage money and, and work in ways that, that are God-glorifying, that are honoring, that give life, not take life. And so I've got to train my son and my daughters in the way they are to go because they're going to go. So parents, first of all, keep that in mind prepare them to go. But I also want to remind you that if you're going to train them well, it's going to require discipline. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his child, 
but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now, I want to be clear. Some of us, we hear the word rod and we immediately think harsh punishment. And that's not what he's referring to. It's a, it's a picture of a shepherd who has a rod to, to gently lead his sheep to, to the green pastures where he's feeding himself with the best that he could possibly receive. That he's able to gu- gently guide him to the still waters where he can receive the water that he's thirsting for. And, and at times, that shepherd has to throw that staff. And if you've ever seen one of these staffs, you'll, see, you'll know that they're not one with a big crook at the end, but rather one that you could throw almost like a boomerang to be able to, to warn the sheep if he's running into danger or running towards a cliff. And the shepherd will throw the staff to just catch the leg of the sheep so the sheep will, will stop running. And it'll actually just slow him down enough to turn away from the danger that's to come. So parents, God has given you the word as as a rod, a way to lead them in the way they should go, to warn them when they're walking towards danger, to redirect them to the things that are right and good, that are life-giving, and to protect them from the evil one and the lies and the accusations that are going to come against them. Your job is to to train them the way they should go and to use discipline. See, at the heart of discipleship is discipline, and discipline is not always pleasant. In fact, we know that discipline is is often painful. And parents, I want to encourage you, some of the things you're going to do with your children are going to be really hard for you because you're not sure if it's going to lead them the right way. You're sometimes wondering if it's going to really help them, if they're going to get it. I can't tell you the number of times my kids looked at me and said, Dad, you're ruining my life. And it was really my love for them that kept me in the place of discipline to either withhold something from them or to direct them the way they should go. And that's where I think we need to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12, where you hear these words, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Parents, if you love your kids... You'll train them the way they should go. You'll not withhold discipline when necessary. You'll guide them with the word of God as the great shepherd guides us and loves us. And I want to encourage you, don't just train them in the way they should go, but train them along the way. I love Deuteronomy 6, how it talks about how we train up our kids when we sit and when we rise, when we walk along the way. We, we take these truths of God and we bind them on everything we can so they never forget. They bring it with them everywhere they go. Parents, don't just formally train your kids at the dinner table when you sit and rehearse the truths of the gospel, but as they're going through life and they fail in sports, they struggle with school, as, they, as they're going to a movie and you discuss it on the way home, train them along the way so that when they go one day, they're ready to walk with God in wisdom wherever they go. And lastly, parents, train them in the way they should go. What is the way? We've been talking about it all along. The way is the way of wisdom, and the way is Jesus. So your job is not to just train them to be good kids. Your job is to train them to go to the one who is the perfect son because they're going to fail, but Jesus never did. Jesus lived perfectly submitted before God the Father, always obeying him, and your kids are going to need a better son, a better child to look to when they fail. You parents need to keep reminding them you're not expecting them to be perfect because there already is one who is perfect on their behalf, and that's Jesus Christ. And when they fail, they get to run to the cross and realize that they've been loved and forgiven and that a perfect life of obedience as the perfect son has been given to them in Jesus. And parents, you need to know that as well, that you're going to fail at parenting and there is a perfect heavenly father. I tell my kids all the time, I'm not your real dad. 
And of course they laugh because they know that they are in my natural born children. But what I'm saying is ultimately I'm just a picture of your true heavenly father, the one who will be your father for all of eternity. And I'm going to fall short in, the, in being the kind of dad that represents him perfectly, but he will never fall short. And so I need to train my kids in the way they should go, which is to Jesus, who says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So if, if they're going to really understand what it's like to be free from the weight of all the performance that the world's going to tell them to run into, they need to know Jesus already performed for them. And if they are going to be able to give me grace for the ways I fail when they finally realize, realize it when they're older, they need to know that there's a better father than me, that the heavenly father who sent the son to live life perfectly on their behalf, loves them, accepts them, forgives them, and gives grace to their dad who fails as well. Parents, you and I not only need to train our kids in the way they should go, we need to go to the way so that we can train them well. We all need the good news of Jesus, the wisdom of God personified in the Son of God, showing us the Father and His great love for us no matter how well we parent our kids.